bam, we're live. Good morning. AJ, good morning. Chris, good morning. It's like romper room. Standy room only. Oh, geez. Uh, countdown to the expiration of GG's non-compete. How hard is it to change your name on your uh, in your picture? Can you just do that like as many times as you want, like five times a day? Or do you have to start a new account every time you have a, a an alias? An alias. All the shows go to Rumble, um, but I'm too lazy to spend the 15 seconds it takes to make them go live there every morning. But as soon as they're done, they go there. Slater, what's up? I saw your post. All right, fine. Hold on. Let me. I'm. Uh, I got my pen here, and I'm uh, racial stereotypes because of you, Slater. I'm removing because I had put under there, under black men. I had put afraid of birds. I'm removing that. Okay, for you, only for you. Black men. Uh, it's right under like fat women. Uh, I'm keeping that, and I'm crossing out uh, afraid of birds. Fine, you win. Okay, cool. That fucking executive order. I saw your comment. I'm feeling alpha, uh, my CA hormones. Yeah, me too. Dude, yesterday, uh, ladies and gentlemen, since you care so much, um, I got a standee. No, I didn't get a standee. Yesterday, I uh, fasted. Um, that was the first time I fasted since I've been on carnivore for like 32 or 36 hours. I still haven't eaten anything. Just my, my black coffee. Just my black coffee. My Paper Street coffee. Dude, some of you made a killing on that Paper Street deal for Black Friday, huh? Paper Street coffee. Don't spell out street. Use code word Sevon. Oh, I'm using that voice that uh, my son says is the fake me. Uh, today we have Greg Glassman coming on. He should be here any second. He confirmed uh, at 5.32 a.m. He said yes. Uh, let me see. Uh, uh, we are live. I wonder if he has the, I wonder if, because I'm doing all the shows an hour early. So I'm wondering maybe if he, um, if he doesn't know. Yeah, be clickbait. It's, isn't that Casey? Isn't that Casey Cavey? Isn't that Casey? Isn't that crazy, Kevin? When people think it's like clickbait, like I'm like Danielle Brandon's coming on the show and she doesn't show, and people are like, "That's clickbait." I'm unfollowing. Like, fuck you, dude. Like, how about like, dude? I'm so sorry she didn't show up. It sucks for you. It sucks to be you. Like, all of a sudden it's my fault. That's the difference. That's that's the difference between cool people and not cool people. If something like that happens to me, like if I see something like that happen to you, I don't blame you. The difference, a, a quick, a quick, quick. Hi, Caleb. Good morning. Hi, Jacket. Uh, uh, the quick, um, uh, the quick difference between a cool person and a not cool person is, is like the kind of person who says, um, and this is just, uh, you can tell if someone's asleep or not. Let's say this is the example I always use, but someone's smoking a cigarette and they're like, dude, you shouldn't smoke. And if they say to you, hey, but you smoke, like right away, you know, that person's asleep. Like, who cares? Stay focused on the subject. Don't drag the other person into it. It's kind of a cousin of ad hominem. Stay focused on the subject. Don't attack the person. Don't worry about the person. Stay focused at getting at the truth. Hey, has that jacket got any, like, uh, hi, Greg. Has that jacket got any, like, caulking or anything crazy on it yet, Caleb? Any dirt or nails? Um, situated? Today I got some, yesterday I got some fiberglass and, like, 
feeling stuff on it. You think you treat that jacket worse because it's fifty percent off at North Face? You think like you're less um less kind to it? No, I think I treat a fifty dollar jacket the same I treat a two hundred dollar jacket. All right. It's all the same. Hi, Greg. Good morning. To both of you. I saw that I saw that jacket Caleb was wearing like three days ago on the show. He debuted it. And I immediately knew it was on the 50 cent racket North Face. I could tell because that doesn't look like a popular pattern. So I was just asking if he treats and and he's doing a remodel on a house he just bought in in Omaha. Yeah. And so I was asking him if he wears that, you know, if he treats it worse since it was 50% off. He says no. Caleb, you know Joe? Uh, Joe. Westerland? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, he used to own CrossFit Omaha, correct? Yes, sir. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I think he's going to teach our L1 in January. My dad, myself, and my wife are all going to take it. Wow. That's exciting. That's super cool. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He was at the last L1 that I took when he he owned Omaha. He was just there, just watching. But who did he sell it to? Stacy. Oh, so she's the sole owner. I think so, yeah. uh, Her and her husband. Dustin. They're not allowed to uh uh they have a no selling CEO shirts policy at their uh, events. Yeah, that's what I've heard. No no Sevon podcast gear sold at Stacy Tovar events. Yeah, don't want to rustle any feathers, I guess. The guy who prints wow. my yeah, the guy who prints my shirts wanted to show up at one of their um events. They were having a competition or an event at their gym and they were told that they could, but because of their uh, affiliation with HQ, they weren't allowed to sell like a shirt like this. No plan B. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, I got a funny story for you, Greg. Let's hear it. So there, th- there's this a dude out there, Zach T. Lander. And a few months ago, he made a hit piece on you. And he's pulled it down since. And there's this other girl named, I think her name is Bethany Robinson. But she goes by Sporty Beth. And she made a video that's called The Most Toxic Man in CrossFit. And I know this is going to break your heart, but it's me, Greg. And it's a... Okay. <laughs> it had it, to be me, you, or Dave. And it's the most popular video by 25X that she's ever made, right? Yeah. And she's done things like change the speed of my voice and cut shit and like, you know, she's, she's, really? she's, she's used some, she's been, um, very, uh, liberal with her edits. She makes anyway, it all nasally. So, <laughs> so they're represented by an agent who is also the agent of, um, like buttery bros and Craig Ritchie and, and a whole gang of people. But this T-Lander guy and this, this is sporty Beth girl. Are both represented the, by the so that, and they represent Buttery Boys for the lube. No, no, no. Uh, well, I don't know if it's a separate agreement on the lube. No. But they rep, but they rep. I assume that they represent them like video wise. So, like, if you wanted, if BSI wanted to sponsor a Buddy Buttery Bros episode, you would c- go through their agent, this guy James uh, Neely. And then they do what? Shoot it. They would just be like, hey, we're going to the BSI event. And then they would show up there and make some footage there. And then you would pay James $1,000 and they'd give Buttery Bros 500 and he'd keep 500 
I see. And this is the kind of thing where they're weighing in on it and announcing and explaining what I'm seeing. Yeah. I, I, and and oh. so he's got he's got like 20 people in the uh, influencers, you would say, in the uh, CrossFit space. Anyway, re, for the last few months, he's been telling people that they shouldn't associate with me. And so I've been talking about him on the show being like, hey, dude, I made a killing at the games, uh, you know, financially with all my sponsors. And, and all of your clients are complaining that they took a hit at the games. They couldn't get sponsors this year. Anyway, I find it interesting. But anyway, he's really upset that I'm talking about him on this show, even though I, I don't say anything uh, bad about him. I'm just uh, talking about him, uh, factual things. He's really upset that I'm talking about him on the show, although he has no problem representing people who make a living slandering me and you when they've never even met us. You know what I mean? And yeah. I find it, I find it, he's completely freaking out. He's terrified. He's like, he's lost his shit. And it's like, hey, do you associate to... with people who slander us uh, and make a li- not only associate, you make a living off of people who slander us who've never met me or Greg, and then now you're pissed off that I'm talking about you? It's crazy. It's crazy. Do you have a requirement you have to meet someone to not like them? Uh, no, no. But if I'm gonna make a, if I'm gonna make money off of them, no, I don't. But I'm gonna. Um, but if you're gonna make money from slandering people, then you should be able to, you should be open to uh, some sort of reciprocation, talking back. You know what I mean? He wants to be left alone because he's their agent. You know what I mean? He, he's not the guy that sells you the fentanyl. He just makes it. So he wants, he doesn't want any, he wants complete uh, autonomy from the deaths. It's like, I don't think it works like that. Talk shit about me, make money off of people slandering me. And so you get to be talked about on the show. Seems like that would be the goal. Right. That's what I was also thinking. I was actually thinking that also. Like, hey, dude, you should be happy you're being talked about on the show. Seems like, like, and I warned him like four or five months ago. Hey, can you please stop telling people not to associate with me? I don't like that. So here we are. That's not the adaptive guy. No, 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 no. This is uh, just some, your typical agent. Just like, you know what I mean? Just. Yeah. You're, this guy's European, got the fancy English accent, and just, you know, just a taker. Take, 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 take. Uh, look, yeah, see, look, uh, good or bad, Sevi talking about James Neely has made him more relevant than he's ever been. Yeah, exactly. It makes sense. Uh, squid pro quo. When people freak out over the truth, that's how you know they need to keep talking. Yeah, it's the reaction to things in the public health space that, uh, you know, we just put someone in touch with, with, uh, with. Uh, uh-oh, uh-oh, one of our adaptive athletes is, is, is very angry at you already. Jedediah Nelson, don't lump us up with him like that, Greg. <laughs> he's, he's joking. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that he represents anyone. Yeah. He just takes their money. I was thinking about getting into the agent. I was thinking about getting into the agent space now, just to compete with them. Like let them let them know how it's done. Here's the thing about that all that space. Yeah, tell me. Um, Mentor me. Every fucking sponsor is soon to be disappointed. Yeah, whether it's Reebok, Progenics, the jump rope fuckers, and it doesn't matter who it is. Um, it starts great. 
they fully expect that because they're on the banner at the games and because they can pay rich or whomever to hold up to hold up a jar of some shit and claim you're eating it. Yeah. Um, that it's going to make your company rich. Right. Right. And it doesn't, nothing like that happens. Right. And so each of these, you know, Reebok had a, had a persistent vision of making each of the uh, affiliates a point of distribution, a point of sale. And I was loud and clear about that right from the beginning that no such thing would ever happen. But uh, basically, turn them into footlockers is what you're saying. They wanted it would yeah, be an easy right, right, way to. Right. And wh- whereas the numbers were good for me, they weren't exciting to them. Right. I mean, they needed it, but what we're we doing—I'm probably not supposed to say—but it was, it was, it was, it was good revenue. A lot of swag moved. There are there are people that um, uh, influence. Like, if you were to hold up some electrolytes that you take, and be, and you were like, "Hey, I take I you know I fast once a week, and I take these." If Greg Glassman would do that, there'd be a spike in sales. It's like um, uh, Rich, Rich wore mouth was like the first person to wear a mouthpiece in CrossFit, and like those people reached out to him and now they give him a bit of every sale and it skyrocketed the sales. But I do a hundred percent agree with you that the agent, that 99% of the things they give more money than they get on the return. The sponsor and they get disappointed. That it becomes a clout thing. The people I know who sponsored athletes, they said that they're not needle movers. That it's just, they thought it was a nice thing to do or a good thing to do or would help their brand. And it did not. Hey, listen, here's my perspective on it. I'm like, what the fuck do you want me to do? It's that experience over and over and over again with all of them. All of them. I'm not going to stand here and tell everyone you got to make commercials for you. I'm not going to tell them you have to, you have to wear these shoes. Yeah. I'm not even willing to say they're the best shoes in the world, though I think the Nano 2 was. I mean, my wearing yeah, I- it is, is the evidence. Right. And, and in terms of the people that you trust in endorsements, who, the people we trust are the ones that don't do endorsements. Right. Hey, do you recognize this guy? Look at his name. I can't believe if I recognized someone before you, that would be crazy. I think we know this guy. I could be totally wrong. We, you knew his dad. Is that him? Who are you talking about? San Diego. They rode motorcycles. Him and his dad were cool as shit. They would help help at the office. Is that the dude? Him and his buddy would come around. You really like this kid. You remember, uh, he had the he had like a he made his own motorcycle kind of. It was a squirrely one. Had the little tiny handlebars. Him and his dad. His dad looked like he fell out of a motorcycle game. God, maybe. Uh... And you're showing this guy's. Picture that when you don't even know if it's a dude. No, but he'll tell us in a second. He'll tell us in a second. I wonder if it's him. Cody, did we know you uh, uh, back in the San Diego days? Oh, yeah. Uh, Melton. Oh, Maggie knows the name. Uh, Rich Melton. Yeah. Is that, is that, what's that guy's like? Yeah, and he got a gun there. Yeah, like I picture that dude as a gun. Uh, what, yeah, but what? What's that guy's last name? Let me see his last name. Oh, Melton. incorrect. Not me. Shit. Damn. All right. Fine. But you kind of see yeah, it, man. right? With the mustache and he in that avant-garde hat it. and shit. And 
He went and had the jeans he hadn't washed in a year or something. Yeah, that kid was cool, right? He was nice. They were gentlemen. He was a trip. Yeah. I I couldn't figure out who you were talking about. Yeah, Melton. That guy was like a handyman, and he could also bury bodies in the backyard, hey, probably. So remember we rented that super nice house and then ripped out the entertainment built-in entertainment center. The carpeting and repainted, remodeled the house. Is that uh, is that the one that you rented from the yeah. South Africans? Yeah, that was great. Yeah. And then yeah. you upgraded their house and moved out. <laughs> Years later, but she came in and saw the work we had done, helped herself to the house, and then loaded my refrigerator with Jewish delectables. As a thank you? Yeah. Dude, wow. they saw that they saw all their furniture in the driveway torn to pieces, you know, in the carpeting. <laughs> How's that look <laughs> for a new tenant? They had this entertainment center built in, attached to the wall, covering the windows. Remember? Yeah. Why would you do that? I don't like it was insanity. So I just fixed it. There's well, they're South that's African. How, that's how we. That's how we met Rhett, Rich, by the way. He was doing why he took the, the shit away, like the, the garbage away. Um, he and the carpeting guy did other work for us. They between the two of them, they could carpenter anything, so they demolished and rebuilt a reasonable living room. Remember, they had the fireplace semi covered, it was like crazy. Yeah, hey, do, do you remember this time that uh, me, you, and Haley tried to lift a 200 pound candle? Yeah, I do. It was ten feet over the fireplace, and Haley almost got killed. Yeah, this is a, uh, this is like <laughs> me and this fucking crazy guy from Wyoming trying to put the the uh, buffalo head up on the fireplace in Idaho. Oh, really? You got you did that too? How much did that thing? Weigh? I told I told him this is the stupidest thing I've done in a forever. Dumber than the candle? The candle was crazy. It was very similar. Oh my god! Large. Heavy object overhead uh, with unstable footing and a rickety ass. This was a rope and pulley system I improvised. I don't think it, when me and you and Haley did that too, I don't think one, one of us was sober. That was like an 11 p.m. idea. Hey, this candle needs to go up there. Oh, bring out the ladder. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yep. Oh, we did it and the candle didn't fall. Yep. I was thinking um, all the people we had working at HQ, every, everyone was a diehard. They didn't like pretty much like 99% of people were diehards. They didn't compartmentalize their life, right? So no one was like, okay, it's five, uh, five o'clock. I'm going home. You know what I mean? And on the, we and on the weekends, they weren't like, okay, I'm going to my uh, shuttleboard event. It was like everyone there was CrossFit, CrossFit, CrossFit. Yeah. And, and, and that was the that was the toxic environment, Sevi. Come when you want, leave when you want, do what you want. Right. Create what so you everyone, want. Everyone was known by their work product. Right. Not the not the number of hours their car spent outside the parking lot where I wow. could see it from my office when I was in. Wow, good point. Everyone was known by their work product, yes. 
And and what was so good about that is because that's a match on the affiliate because you're not going to own an affiliate and have a compartmentalized life, right? If you own an affiliate, you're 24 seven, three, six, five CrossFit gym owner. It's, it's just, it's this, who you are. It's like you had a kid. This is why the second, third and fourth gym, unless you have a remarkable talent and that talent has to be a, a capacity to, to reproduce yourself, not run a gym, but reproduce yourself uh-huh. until you have that talent. If you do, what we see is the second gym isn't is 20%, 30% less than the first one was. And the third is to another 20, 30%, 30% less than the second one was. Right. Cody. And impossible to clone yourself, right? No one's going to care as much as you. Nobody. No way. It's tough. It's tough. And, and so I was, I was thinking about and you know, that. And what do we see in that? What do we see in that? A, a, a trail of disgruntled ex-friends and partners. That's just that's how it played out. I mean, you know, right. there was a reason. There was a reason we did no more commercial gym uh, affiliates. And two things. What, those, what are you talking about? Those are the ones that are inside, like Golds or Planet Fitness, that yes. kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Specifically, Golds. Um, first of all, we had to it, it it because of the phenomenon, we had to make the uh, affiliates, um, the licensee of record to be the L1 uh, certificate holder. Mm-hmm. And so that we were dealing with in collecting fees, we were dealing with the person that had been to the seminar and was doing the training. Mm-hmm. And so that when his owner, backer, master, I don't care what the fuck it was, came forward and said, actually, this is my gym, we would be actually, it's not, not in our eyes. And he can, yes, go across the street into an open field and take those members with him and we will still see that as CrossFit Verdugo Hills or whatever the hell it was. Is that making sense? Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, uh, Miki, M317, Greg treated his employees so damn well. Miki? Miki. Miki. So I treat, you know what I did? I treated everyone the way I would want to be treated. I provided the atmosphere in which I would thrive, did thrive. Yeah, it was a good setup. I mean, it might have been fucked working for me, but it was just better than anyone else. And people are people are seeing that. There's this, um, uh, you, you know, you get a guy um, who has a. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get this all out. You get a guy who has his inside thoughts and his outward expression aligned, and you have a really cool person, right? Like you see an alignment in there. You get a guy, let's say who his inside thoughts and his outside th- in, in the way he expresses himself mixed up. And you get a guy um, that's fucked up. Like let, let's use homosexuality. You're gay, but you're fronting as a straight man. You're, you're a tortured soul, right? Like your shit's not aligned. Like you're hiding something all the time, right? Like you just, you, you can't be set free. Right. Or you're a really arrogant fucking person, but um, on the inside, you think you're the greatest ever, but you try to pretend like you're humble. We met those people. Right. It's like, dude, just say it like like Travis, like you think you're the greatest ever. We get it. And it's cool. It comes out. There's like an alignment there. And and, and, and I maybe think that that's what authenticity is. I know that's it's, it's fuzzy talk and, and it, you're not big necessarily always a big fan of fuzzy talk. But I I um I think that's what's going on. Probably one of the things over at CrossFit HQ is. You have 13,000 people or however many gyms they have who are completely all in 
And then you have a leadership team that maybe just can't be right. And I'm not, I'm not blaming them at all on that, but I was just thinking about that. Like it's not their 24 seven, right? It's, it's a job to them that it is not a job to an affiliate owner, right? There is a distinction between your, it's, it's like if you farm for food, right. For, for, for food that your family has to eat, right. You're not a, uh, you're not, you're more than just a guy. Like my garden isn't, doesn't depend on my family's survival, but if it did, things change dramatically in my gardening. And it's like that. The affiliate owners are, are running their garden for their own survival. And, and the people at HQ just can't possibly get there. They're at a disadvantage. But not for you, because for you, it was your baby. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, there was there was no one in our in our structure that was watching the money stream and rubbing their hands together, except maybe for Brian. Um, everyone else was was pretty much busy at a, at a at a task and. Can you can you operate that way with the with the uh, BC ownership? Yeah, you can't. You can't. Yeah, and I'm not saying it as a negative thing either or a positive thing. It just it just is what it is. Just it just is, and so there's going to be a huge cultural shift. There's going to be things that just have to change. I'm just finally, after all these years, starting to really understand the implications like the facets and the nuances, maybe they're not even nuances. Maybe they're things that are just separated like this podcast. I would do it whether I was under any circumstance, if I was sick, missing an arm, you know, anything right. I'm doing it. Right. Yeah. Right. I have to, it's my survival. If I were hired and paid miraculous sums of money to run the ship again, mm -hmm. I would have to turn it down. I have, I have no sense of how it could be done to a financial, I, I can't imagine obligating the fiduciary uh, obligation and keeping my values, my interests. Well, th theoretically, you'd have, to, may you'd have to you'd have to break the back of the structure. It, there's few things that could be more deforming of the culture. And to go from an encouraged revolutionary to a to a point of presence where I'm wondering why the fuck I can't make you a point of sale. And what have you done for me lately? And I look at the money stream and it's not enough. So what do you do? You turn to the affiliates, pay me more. If that's not a culture shift. Well, it, theoretically, if none of the affiliates deaffiliate and everyone pays their fifteen hundred dollars, um, Don did an interview where he said basically the investors are looking for a twenty percent return. So let's say they want forty million dollars a year, that that might get them to the fifty yard line of, of of what they want. And and then you have to wonder how much if that fifteen hundred does change the culture. Although I'm getting loads and loads of DMs and texts from people who have small sixty to ninety person gyms who are kind of tripping. But but even if a thousand gyms deaffiliate, Greg, and they raise that price there, and then they raise, let's say, the L one a thousand dollars next year, don't you think that that would be a success on their part? I mean, for they could still run this thing and get and squeeze it for the money that they want out of it. Well, I shouldn't use the word squeeze; that sounds negative. It, it uh, make the money back on their investment, which isn't a bad thing, right? There are going to be affiliates out there that are going to ask how is it that you're doing less and charging more 
Why is that? Why? Why is well? Then they're going to fall back on inflation. Why has there been this fifty percent shift in the what for supplies? A fifty percent shift in the in the value uh, uh, equation for my affiliation. Yeah, you're taking me from three thousand, or how about five hundred to forty five hundred, or how about zero? There's yeah, probably a hundred. There are probably a hundred gyms that were grandfathered in. I'm get, I'm making that up. I don't know, but a hundred gyms or two hundred gyms that were grandfathered in at zero. I'm guessing. Matter of fact, one that was at zero, um, who has two hundred members, uh, reached out to me yesterday and said they're done. It's a very successful gym, expensive gym. It's yeah, that's, not that's the, interesting. It's it's not the forty five hundred. And, and Thomas Stroud. Inflation. I, what are they? What is like? What? How's how? I buy the inflation with, argument. This guy's saying he doesn't buy the inflation argument. I don't. I don't. Why not, it. Greg? They haven't raised the fees in eleven years. Are you? You didn't. You didn't raise the fees in eleven years. Shit's gotten expensive under this. Uh, this country. Seriously, CrossFit HQ needs if, better marketing. You know what? You know what? It's I want to hear. I want to hear from Bill Henniger about about inflation mm -hmm. eating at his costs. You know, affecting his business, affecting his top and bottom line. Because of course it does. Right. The their price is their business. Yeah. Like in the law firms, eh, you know, I'm not buying it so much. Now let me tell you, everyone loves to use inflation to raise a rate if you can. I mean, it's a kind of a fun thing to do. And there are people, you know, the, the restaurant for a fact. Anything that's delivered to you gets caught up in this transportation cycle, where the cost of oil and inflation and everything is a huge factor, right? Mm -hmm. If if you're increasing the pay of your employees so that they can continue to live a nice lifestyle or a survivable, any lifestyle over 11 years and you're increasing their pay, increasing their pay, let's say the L1 trainers and the executives there. And then, um, and, and, and the cost of living goes up. Those people can't sustain it unless they pass the fee down. I mean that in, in the most, um, simplistic math, that's what's going on. Right. And well, and I, since you I, don't own it anymore, the new investors want to make money off it too. Why? Yeah, they, bought it. yeah. There we go. They have a completely different mindset. Right. But I was at the, I was at the helm of that thing when it lost ninety percent of its revenue without the bow going under under the water. Right. Good point. You mean you're talking about during uh, two thousand? Yeah. 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 Early COVID lockdowns. You all your all your seminars. You you waived affiliate fees, and all of a sudden, no money came in. Yes, and guess what? We didn't go. We didn't go into the into the red. Yeah. We had. We ended up with a profitable quarter. We adjusted. The deal is, is that ninety percent of that revenue was fucking discretionary. And so, having to raise affiliate fees is it, because of inflation. I I'll pull a cheek muscle listening to that shit. That's funny. When you raised affiliate fees, why did you raise them? You went from did, did you we we went from a thousand to three thousand right? Do you remember the? And I let me correct me if I'm wrong. I think this is how you did it. You basically said, "Hey guys, in one year, everyone's grandfathered in, but in one year, we're going to raise affiliation fees. So anyone who wants an affiliate, now is the time to do it." So you gave everyone a heads up. 
and then a year went by and then you raised the fees. And for me, I don't I don't remember exactly uh, why you did it, but I really liked that because then all the people who were paying a thousand dollars, they're stoked because all of a sudden the value of their membership went up because anyone knew coming in. It almost seemed like a way to mitigate growth. Like when my mom had too many clients as an attorney, all she would do is raise her prices to try to slow down the well, clients. Here's what here's what the affiliates did for me. Uh, Matt Holdsworth was our uh, uh, he had a CPA firm with uh, five or six employees mm -hmm. in, in Prescott. And I was a personal client. He did my taxes. Mm -hmm. Then he did CrossFit's taxes and CrossFit's uh, uh, books for us. And then everyone in his office quit every project they had and worked for us. And then he took the Matt Holesworth CPA sign down and put a CrossFit sign up. And then we had to go across the street and employ another 10 or 15 people. Mm. And and the the legal team did the same thing. We ended up with it with enough lawyers you could take have picnics and shit. How many do we have? Dozen. And that's and and, of, and dozens of outside and, firms also. Yes, yes. You know, people like Latham Watkins, very expensive, extraordinarily effective. I mean, you're getting what you pay for. But you pay a lot, and so, so the affiliate fees, the affiliate program wasn't wasn't possible not in the not in the manner in which I I served them. So, so even with that, enormous amounts of discretionary revenue, and we had crazy stuff, forty different kinds of fucking insurance, you know. Yeah, yeah. In in. in and things and obviously things did change all of a sudden you know you, you do 500 seminars and no one sues because they fell off the bar doing fran and then all of a sudden you can't do fran because people are suing because someone fell off a bar like the, the environment changes and the, and the ship needs different kind of protections our affiliate team provided an enormous service for the lawyers by uh, diffusing deflecting heading off, warning. They were really good at that. That Sarah Lucas, Kathy Glassman, Paula Gravatt, you know, all of them, all the girls. Adam Blakesley, I bought a rower five years ago. I remember it being the current price it is now. That's crazy. That's kind of amazing. Dude, I had that guy on, Greg, Greg Hammond. You know who that is, right? Sure. He's cool. He's cool as shit. Yeah, yeah he uh, does motocross uh, fitness training. Yes, yes. With yes. big names. Yes. But wow, good memory. I didn't know that until I had him on a couple days well, ago. I, you know, like I, I knew a guy that was... That he was, loves you. He's old school as shit. He loves you to death. For almost any discipline from golf to football, there's some legend with a crazy swim who's producing world champions and he's like, we're just doing CrossFit. Dude, I think, this, I, th I think this guy's been a, a, a concept two for twenty years. Did you ever meet the owners, Greg, Dick, and Oh Dick yeah, and yeah, yeah, Peter? yeah. I never yeah, met yeah. those guys. <laughs> they they brought us out to Vermont. You know, we, there was a big rope swing and rowing and everything, and it was the perfect summer day, right? And uh huh. I mean, it was so nice, and I was like, 
my mind's just drifting off to like, I got to get a place in Vermont. And then it happened. The fucking deer flies came. Oh. And you'd, you'd swat one of these things off and you'd just make a U-turn and come right back to the same spot where they were drinking. And it hurt like hell. They were nasty deer flies everywhere. I couldn't even finish the day, much less own a home there. God, they're nasty. Yeah, those uh, things are disgusting. Um, Will Brandstetter, uh, no added value is subjective. I, uh, no, I don't think so. For, for, for each person. For, you know, in fact, thank you for that. Look. You think it me, is subjective? Me, well, I'm, I say business is the art and science of creating uniquely attractive opportunities for other people. Could it, what could be more subjective? But you do it in mass if enough people. For one individual, sure. And all I can do is put myself in the position of an affiliate. That's all I ever did. And I tell you what, what they've done with, has been abdicated. Um, the correcting of the of the of the record on public health is gone. That's not going to happen at CrossFit anymore. And yet, that's what I'm trying to do in my box when I unlock the door every day. What am I dealing wow. with? I'm dealing with I'm dealing with clients whose doctors telling them that this shit's dangerous, that my diet makes no sense, that you're going to burn muscle if you fast, that you have to reduce your caloric intake. It says right here. Look here. Look at these people. I went. You know, send you to a website that Coke puts up. That's what the that's what the trainers are dealing with. Hey, and so uh, I got a I got a mothership. That is that is numb to all of that. Fucking numb to all of it. This is why you got the settlement. I would have been out on the settlement, the NSCA versus CrossFit, because that Glassman guy had been telling me for six years that we were suing Coke and 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 Pepsi and the NSCA and the ACSM in their defense. And right at the point where a judge hands you a win in the case, you go radio silent. This is Hertz with its foot on Nationals' throat, striking a deal. Hey, that, that would have been—I would have been out there. And you're going to charge me more for that? That's hey, uh, leadership. I, I'm, I want more of that. Or what? What do you think? What are we looking for? I mean, there, there's some. I'm sure there's other affiliates that it's so much better now. It's I so like the way they run things. All that anti-sugar stuff and the soda, that was just nonsense. We love soda. You know, Greg, I don't I don't Correction I don't of know, public health know, record. I don't know and I never cared how popular anything was. Have you ever used that line before? Correction of the public health record? I don't know. What is CrossFit? Constantly varied function movement executed at high intensity and the correction of the public health record. Holy shit, dude. I I wondered forever how it was that public health got nutrition so fucking completely wrong. And and just about every kind of excuse you could imagine from ignorance to evil. It's all there. But my assumption was is that on other fronts, let's say infectious disease, that there was probably a, a vital service. Then this COVID thing comes along, and I'm like, got it. All of public health is bullshit. 
Hey, dude, that's really what you were doing. I was able, never able to pin it down. I know at some points you said, shit, the journal's going to take over the mantle from the CDC. And I'm like, is this guy crazy? They ain't right. doing it. This, this is, you're right. That's what you were doing. That's what the, one of the strongest points of your leadership was. You were correct. And that's why people wanted to get behind you. That's why people wanted to be a part of CrossFit is because it was the correction of the public health record. I mean, obviously the value is there that you don't die of fucking coronary heart disease at 54 if you follow the protocol. But also you want to be a part of the guy who's whole, like, what the fuck? That's not right. And there's Especially no way anyone's going to do that anymore. There's no fucking way. It could affect the bottom line. You can't do it. It might, it might even be you could maybe get sued for doing that, right? Or lose your job now. I got sued. Like, do you think if you were if you were still own CrossFit, you would tell people not to take the injection? Yes. You you would you would say that? Yeah. yeah that's hey, wild. I was there from they're the never and they're I never was... gonna say that. There, there's no I fucking had... way. I'm not blaming them for that either. I'm just saying they'll never say that. That's I, wild. I was I had made myself a serious student of the flu vaccine, not its efficacy, but its prevalence and and the number of flu deaths and uh, infections reported by the CDC. When this whole COVID thing came to, to light, I was six months into watching that number and waiting every week for the flu report to come out. And one of the things I saw was that there was a period in, I think it was October, November of 2019, the number of deaths, it was between 23 and 64,000, I think were the numbers of deaths. And I was like, what the fuck? How did, like, some people kind of dead, not dead? They're debating, you know, what they're debating. The problem is, is the, the estimate of the dead from the kind of records they keep. It's a hard thing to do. You got a guy who's in a dialysis treatment and he has a heart attack and he ends up in your ICU and you see him blowing snot bubbles. So you flu test him and he's got the flu and he croaks, you know? Flu didn't help the case, but did it kill him? It's, it, it, there's no right answer to these things. And there's so much of that with comorbidity that it's, it's frankly a nightmare for anyone that has to give responsible numbers for that. Now, in that haze, with a test that's got provisional emergency use because we don't know its, its specificity or its selectivity, which means it's not a scientific test, where and, and the test that the creator of the test, the fucking guy that got the Nobel Prize for it says, you can't do this with that. It's with this test, with a disease, with a similar symptoms and maybe a similar morbidity, you're making this discernment. You're going to alter the course of a country. And basically, it's, it's not fucking possible. And it turns out that's exactly what was going on. You could see it in the numbers. You could hear it in the story. Their narrative was highly flawed from the beginning. And so is it weird that Jay Bhattacharya, Dr. Bhattacharya and RFK Jr. and Jay Cooley and I talk and are friends? Not odd. I'm a Seafried? That's not odd. It's not odd. There are people that know the truth. It's the thing. You have to be, it's, you know, I wrote that introduction to lipid lunacy. And um, in there, I said that the, the, the people contributing here are unique in their intelligence. They see things that others don't. Their view is often wildly diverg divergent from mainstream. And yet 
an essential view, essential in the biological sense of necessary for the organism's optimal functioning, right? So they know something important. They know something uh, essential. It's counter orthogonal, if not diametric to, to, to uh, the mainstream views. And here's the other thing. So that means you gotta be smarter than everyone else, but then you also have to be braver than everyone else. Yes. Because they're not the only ones that know, and it comes at significant costs. You don't write lipid lunacy and a bunch of fucking cash pours in. Didn't work like that. Greg, I don't think you have to be that smart. You definitely have to be brave. But I, I think that you've been able to explain this to a fucking 10-year-old. Well, I want to go to this, and I was talking about this to you recently. I saw in in David Stove's writing again, you know, rereading his stuff over and over again, which is kind of the mark of a of a brilliant writer that you you'll get something out of it with each read. But I saw where he was talking about the dryness of Victorian writing on science. And he says that it's fundamentally as Francis Bacon said, um, that that the scientific method um, reduces all wits to a level. And that is, is that there's such power in the method that being twice as smart as I am doesn't mean you're going to get a better scientific outcome. I like it. And so what did we do with, with CrossFit? Well, we figured out, I figured out that constantly varied high-intensity functional movement would increase work capacity Uh we call it across broad time and modal domains, doing a whole bunch of different shit in different lengths. You could randomly pick it, and and from there, and that was the, that was the fundamental theorem of CrossFit. And when you do something like posit that increased work capacity um, is derived from constantly across broad time and modal domains, is is increased by uh, constantly varied high intensity functional movement. You're making a scientific assertion and it's a thing that can be measured and was. And in fact, all these fools doing the game shit are, are actually doing that. They don't know it, but the training and the results are, are data points that make the point, that show the amount of work being done doing a whole bunch of different things. And what's fascinating is that CrossFit's critics have never addressed that. And that's enough to make you just smile from ear to fucking ear. Never once. Never once. And so you give me that. And what, what else? What does the rest matter? It's, been, it's fundamentally ignored exactly what I said. Now, in the end, what we did is we, we what did we label constantly varied high intensity functional movement? We labeled it CrossFit. And what did we call uh, work capacity measured across broad time and modal domains? Fitness. So it's a, a bit of a rigged deal, but it's a definition and it, it works better than others. That took too long. Fuck no, it didn't. It was great. Uh, uh, I want to go, go back to this correction of the public record. Uh, Floyd, so, so Floyd 19 was a correction of the public record. Floyd 19 was a correction of the public record. And what's interesting is a small handful, I'd say less than 500 affiliates got upset because they didn't want, they didn't want you. They weren't brave enough to stand behind the correction of the public record. 
and 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 that's what got people angry that they're scared it scared them they weren't able to stand behind they weren't brave enough to get behind your leadership would you say that's fair? i think that's a perfect uh explanation of what that is that's that might be fair hey um you remember the uh crowd eating at the restaurant in brazil I don't think I've been, I didn't go to Brazil with you. I didn't and, go to Brazil. No, 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 no. Oh, it's a, oh. it's a, it's kind of a famous video. It went oh. viral. Oh yes, but yes, yes, uh, yes. I remember this video. Yes. It's a bar and restaurant, and CrossFitters go running by, and the restaurant empties out. Everyone panics. Yeah. They somehow they they construed the CrossFitters running as people running for their lives. Yes. And they joined. Them. They ran for their lives. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's what happens when someone picks up a rock and throws it and yells racist. I think there's some people that are just bloody their fingernails picking up rocks. They don't even know why. They're just they're yeah. scared. Yeah. You gotta throw a rock. Yeah. If you don't if you don't throw a rock, then you must be a racist. There's this guy, he's a country manager. His name is um I don't know if I'm gonna say his name right. Andrew Charlesworth or something. And he's he made a, a post saying you know, he represents a bunch of affiliates. Oh yeah, here it is. Yeah, this is great. God, this is hilarious. This is the video Greg was talking about for those people who can see it. Crossfitters running by and the people in the restaurant panic like there's a shooter. Fuck! Look, people from the street, everyone, people from across the street start running. Look at that shit. Yeah, everyone's got to get out of here. Chairs falling over, tables falling over. Look, someone fell down. Jesus. Anyway, he, 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 he's a country manager or something in, uh, in the United States, and he's telling all of his affiliates, don't panic. Don't panic about the price increase. I'm going to create a safe space. You guys can all contact me, and you can um, – uh, and, and, and I'll tell you basically why you should stay, why you should pay the $1,500. And Andrew Hiller and I are talking, and he's like, look at it. Look at it. This guy's basically um, uh, begging people to stay when the price goes up $1,500. But he's got a black square on, basically signaling everyone to run uh, three years ago. Like, what a fucking pussy. Like, pay your money. Stay and pay your money. But Andrew's like, hey, dude, we already know We already know why you would leave. Don't try to convince us why people should stay. We already know why you would leave. You got scared, and you jumped on. You, you were one of those people who got it from the restaurant and started running instead of being like, oh, shit, he's correcting the public record. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, it, it requires uh, bravery. And so it, it's, it was, in, I thought it was a really astute observation that Hiller made. It was like, hey, guy, hey, we already know you're a pussy. You would run the second the public record's corrected and it requires someone to stand up. But now they're asking for 1500 bucks and you're trying and, you're, and you're, you're begging people from the mothership. No, no, no. Stay on board. Stay on board. There like, were hey, you should have been doing that during the Floyd 19 era. There were that would have required bravery. That would have required bravery and integrity. I watched three physicians fight for their credentials. Um, one in Sweden, one in Australia, and one in South Africa. Western trained and educated super doctors. Mm. Prominent physicians, very successful physicians, fight for their credentials on the basis of their, what would you call it, paleo-friendly, um, carb-aware, take on nutrition <laughs> um, Carb awareness. for go for going low we can't tell you what it is we're taking low but it, it works um 
I watched the system come after them and fail so fucking miserably at silencing them, <clears throat> except maybe the Gary Fetke one so much. He's his wife says it now, so he doesn't. But that's that was that one was was less than the good doctor and sweet nurse. He wasn't allowed to say don't eat carbs, carbs, carbs cause cancer or some shit, and he got in trouble. He got he, they said, Hey, if you say that again, we're taking away your, your medical degree. He had told patients that I'm removing your toes and then it will be your feet and later your legs for the same reason that I took your mother's toes and feet and legs and your grandmother's toes, feet and legs and it's sugar. And he had to fight tooth and nail to keep his medical degree because of that. Because he pointed Noakes, to sugar as the culprit? Noakes said in, the, in, a, in a blog, that, in a post, that when mom says, what do I do when I take the kid off the tit? He's like, you know, meat and vegetables. Right? He got in trouble for that. Mm-hmm. A lot of trouble. Hundreds he of thousands of dollars in trouble. He Harvard sent its experts over all all it was all uh, uh, ILSI, uh, International Life Sciences Institute, which is nothing but Coca Cola. They sent experts to South Africa that interfered with his with his trial. But my point was that each of these failed in epic fashion, and I had to actually have Russ Green explain to me that there was no failure to it. And then the examples poured in when the physicians came to me and said, if I was taken through what Tim Noakes went through, I would be destroyed. Mm. One of our own crossfitting docs from uh, the uh, neurologist, David, from Australia, said that what Gary Fetke went through would have, would, would have bankrupted him. He would have been able to pay for the legal fees. I'm sure that was the plan. What it did was it silenced those out in the margins. No one wants to to take three years off to defend their medical degree against experts from Harvard who are being paid. They're they're getting bonuses for their their direct they, hits. They fundamentally work for Coca Cola. Uh, Steph, I'll be fair. International Beverage Association. I'm in insurance and I was looking at two death certificates yesterday from New York. Both people died of COVID. One didn't say cause of death and one said heart problems, but in medical terms due to vaccine. Wow. Two yesterday, two injections. Crazy. Um, Cave Dastro, I know it's been said a million times before and will be said a million times again, but imagine where we'd be if Greg were still at the helm. I, I'm so excited that we uncovered this, that that's one of the tenets of CrossFit that, that, you know, we've lost is the correction of the public record. And that's what you did nonstop. Uh, RB, um, Greg, did anyone privately reach out to you and apologize for their stance during the controversy? I did have a couple of those. But not hundreds. No, no, no. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I had a, I had an affiliate come on here and just like uh, the the Cuban guy from CrossFit Light just dude, fucking bare his soul. I'm such a fucking idiot. I'm so sorry. He was great. Um, uh, Blade Walker, I was ready to fight over that punk ass injection. They weren't about to get me. Definitely weren't going to bully me into it. Yeah, the uh, the presentation of the thing 
um, was very telling. Such enormous pressure for something of so low lethality. And you just not, you're not going to get me excited about a, though it's tragic, I refuse to get excited about things that are running through nursing homes, taking the most frail patients. Oh, extra slop. I'm I'm not sorry. Go ahead, Greg. I'll read this later. Go ahead. I'm not going to, I'm not going to derange society. Um, for the kinds of numbers we saw. My brother and uncle were both diagnosed with very aggressive and advanced cancer. Both of them vaxxed and boosted. Both of them regret it. Fuck, dude. I'm so sorry. Some weird, weird cancer shit going on for sure. Uh, did Jason Kalipa ever apologize to you, Greg? No. Hey, do you no, think... No, but that- you know what? He's not that kind of guy either. Like to to write, what do you mean? Like to be like, hey, I, I fucked up and I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't. Well, maybe he doesn't know he fucked up. Let's say he probably forgot. Or forgot, yeah. Or doesn't care. Or doesn't care. Or that, yeah. yeah. And never did really. He, Jason wants to be popular. He's matured. He's an older man now. Good. Remember the car ride we took with him, and he was explaining the the value to his. Uh, what they have? What was it? And I was like, "Give me an example." You, he's he said you should care more about or he said just that because was the you example. Have, yeah, the difference between one one client and ten clients, you should still care the same amount. Yeah, give them all the the same thing. Yeah. He was funny. I've I've he I enjoyed him on the level one team. Look at this. He was look. he was a he was a regular source of uh, of lightheartedness and joviality and and, a, and and contributed significantly to the collegiality. He had a mascot like quality to him. I agree. Yeah, that's well said. Yeah, he was the he was the goofball buffoon of the team, and and in the in his in his post L one life, um, he wanted to shed a lot of that. I think. I mean, I had to actively work with the L one staff to keep people from picking on him. Was he a little gullible? Maybe. Just he's just goofy and said shit that didn't make sense or add up and he there were people that were with a, a rapier like wit it just dice him up you know <laughs> and he didn't care he'd come back for more i mean he was like he, he the was, labrador he was, yeah he was he was fun that way he was lovable you know i i think he enjoyed it uh j- it was, just uh- just a quick answer to Lazar real quick. He says, why do the Americans have such a problem with the vaccines? So, Lazar, just for a couple of uh, examples, I, I'm just going to give you. Um, they told us it would work. Um, it would stop you from getting sick. It didn't. They told you it would stop uh, it being contagious. It didn't. They said that it was safe and effective, and we have uh, all of a sudden we have all of this heart attack propaganda going on, and we have kids and people of all ages dying from 
prop, uh, heart attacks. Uh, all case mortalities worldwide uh, on the rise uh, only after the injection. Tons of evidence um, that there's um, tons of tons and tons of evidence that actually no vaccines work. But no one wants to for some reason, no one wants to spend the 15 minutes it takes uh, to look at that evidence. And then the one that's really weird, if you really want to get start tripping, is uh, the, the two that are weird is all of a sudden when uh, COVID came out, flu deaths went to zero. And we knew that the test was 100% unreliable and that the average COVID death um, was higher than the average death. Now, think about that. So let me just say that again. If you're if the average COVID death is 82 and the average death of the person in the country is 80, people aren't dying from COVID. They're dying with COVID. And there just becomes some uh, the question really should be, Lazar, is why is doesn't everyone have a problem with the vaccine? What's going on? Why doesn't everyone have a problem with it? And that's the part where Greg and I were talking about earlier. Greg was maybe insinuating that it took bravery and intelligence to see it. Um, but, I, but I think that that's a gentle, fair characterization of it. And I, unfortunately, I don't even think you're right in your question. I, I think a lot of Americans aren't don't have a problem with it. What would you say, Greg? Yeah, I don't know what the numbers are. I don't know what the split is. I hear the numbers for the third booster are real low. I think we're on the seventh. I'm not joking. I think I think in LA there's they're on their seventh. Yeah, they just started saying to get it every year now. They're like, well, it's just going to be an annual vaccine now. So then we would just people would come in and ask for it regularly. Like every six, some people would just come in every six months and ask for it. Lazar, there's this book. It's called um, uh, "Sudden Death" or "Died Suddenly" or. Um, I'll go get it. You know where it's okay. at? It's, yeah, it's I mean, a Dowd book. Maybe Caleb can pull it up. Dowd, D-O-W-D. It's it's right here. And you can you should buy this book, and then you can bar, or, or download it, and it has barcodes, so you can go to all the articles that show all the, the weird deaths happening. Cause Not Unknown. All. What is it? Oh, Cause Unknown. Cause Unknown by Dowd. Yeah, cause unknown. Check this book out. Wild, dude. Wild. Wild, wild, wild. 1954 five stars. My God. Wow. Yeah, fair. It's a fair question. Go, yeah, fair question. You don't want to, you, uh, once you take uh, an injection, your immune system has been altered forever. Just remember that. This isn't like Vicodin or doing a line of coke like you take that shit in your immune system you give that to a kid and you've altered their immune system their whole life this one oh yeah yeah cause unknown by doubt the epidemic of sudden deaths in 2021 and 2022 yeah and uh book world records there's more there's more footnotes and links and research attached to this than anyone has time for each of the uh deaths presented comes with a QR code that takes you back and it's a it's quite a story but this is uh it was the actuarial side of things that kind of broke the story um the insurance companies know the truth and Dow dug that up I got another book how to behave and why mm. by uh Oh, who is it? It predates Seuss by 30, 40 years. 
Uh, Who's Monroe the author, Greg? Monroe, M-U-N-R-O, uh-huh. Leaf, How to Behave and Why. Outstanding. Uh, 16 years of the CrossFit Games, not a single blood clot incident. Uh, two years ago, two blood clot incidents at the CrossFit Games, both Canadian, both injected. Bizarre, right? Joe Neal's black square represents fear and recency bias. When you don't have confidence in your value, you get rattled by the veil getting pulled and feeling exposed by your by your lack thereof. Grateful for Greg. Joe Neal's uh, owner of Kenosha CrossFit. Thanks. Thanks, Joe. Hey, Sebi, we just met Kenosha people. Kenosha. Oh, 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 at Legends. Probably at Legends. Oh, Joe was there. You met him. You met that guy in front of the. um, Yeah, okay. In front of the. um, Why are you laughing? Because my boy just woke up and he's trying to tiptoe through the house. Hey, where are you? Are you in Idaho? No, dude, I'm here back at uh, Ground Zero. It's oh, still. when Arcadia. did you get there? Uh, last night, about 7 o'clock. Oh, shit, okay. Good trip, so, successful trip? So, yeah, we're, we're uh, not interested in the house. Oh, okay. You know, they photographed brilliantly. Did you guys both agree? Yeah. Yeah, I think we could tell, because neither of us said much. Okay, thank you. Beautiful home. <laughs> Gotta go. Lazar, my yeah. name is Cave Dastro. Everything I say is a troll. Uh, not everything. I'm at the beach. Look at my hair. Look at me. What do you mean? Where am I at? I'm at the beach. The beach. Hey, Seti, tell the story of the of the the dude who tells his wife to look out for us. Oh, that was wild. Runs it. I guess I've just told it, huh? And while he's telling her to look out for Sebi and Greg, they're in Scottsdale. Um, she catches us at the Shake Shack. Yeah. At the mall. Yeah. And we have him come on down, and he's a delightful young man. We've got a handful of little kids, about the age of our little kids, in that space at least. And uh, and it turns out he went to high school with uh, with Maggie's cousin. Greg's with his eight kids, eight of his kids. I'm with my three kids. We're just walking. We're there. Everyone's in line at the Shake Shack. Everyone's excited. This chick's on the phone and she looks at Greg and I. Greg and I, what's up? She's like, Are you? And Greg goes, I am. (laughs) Or something (laughs) like that. (laughs) And then she goes, I'm with my husband, knows you guys are both in Scottsdale right now. And he told me to keep an eye out for you. And I was basically telling him, You're fucking crazy. I'm walking into a mall. What do you mean, keep my eye out? Like, like I hadn't made any post. I didn't tell anyone we were at the mall. And uh, so she, they, she hung out. Awesome couple, right? Beautiful couple. Beautiful, three beautiful kids. Fucking, he was a stud. with a, He looked good with a mullet. She was cute as all get out. Happy, positive people. They yeah. hung out for a few it was, minutes. It was a good, it was a good encounter. And I, I went home. My, uh, my uh, three-year-old didn't want to make the walk back the mile to the, to the house. And so she and I took a Waymo back. It was my first yeah. time. It's pretty nervous, you know. Like it's I like what like I wasn't seeing it at the pickup spot. 
but then it wasn't really where it said it was. But I, it was cool as you approach, your phone says unlock, and you unlock and the door opens. What is a Waymo? It's a driverless taxi. Robot this? car. Yeah. Yeah, dude, crazy. What? Dude, Scottsdale's hey. littered with these. It's They're so everywhere. crazy. Everywhere, dude. Cars everywhere. with no drive with no drivers. And at first, someone's like, hey, someone's driving it from the back. I'm like, so I fucking walked up to one. I stopped one and looked in. No, there's no one in. What do you mean you stopped one? You like walked in front of it? Walked in front of it. And it just stops. (laughs) Yeah, it just stops. What? Yeah. Dude, it's crazy. So it, it it took off abruptly. It missed two left turns and chicken out, went past where anything that made sense. Then turned around, and I would anthropomorphize the little things that it thought about what it was doing, and then took out another route and hit it coming from the other direction, and uh, let me out kind of hinky from my location. But I fucking loved it. Still, it was cool. It was just wonderfully novel. But I think Uber without the driver is better. But that should get some hate mail, huh? You're hurting the economy. You're taking jobs from people. Good morning, coach, says Eaton Beaver. <laughs> Good morning, Eaton. Yeah, Counterculture. The super cool. If those were all Greg kids at Legend, that man is pumping at his age. Why does it have to be at his age? Why can't it just be he's pumping? Uh, yeah. Jedediah Nelson, Caleb's still dressed and ready to take a trip in the hot tub time machine. <laughs> <laughs> God, your jacket is ridiculous. I love it. I'm I'm from the past. I took it. I'd already took my hot tub time machine trip. Ladies and gentlemen, I hate that I got the vaccine, but I was surgical. I was a surgical RN. I am a surgical RN. Death everywhere. They fed us BS, and I thought I was protecting my kids. A year later, I realized they fucked us. I walked, and we started budgeting. Oh shit! You did walk. Wow. Nice. Get out of healthcare. Soon as you can. Wow. I mean, I don't I, know. Look, Seems like there's a lot of job security there. I don't know about that. Wait till you get. Fired. I don't. I I'm gonna stand on my record of the five buckets of death talk mm. in the in the spring of 2020. Nothing's nothing's changed or done anything but shed more light on that. Um, can you pull that up, uh, Caleb, and or could you, and maybe just post the link for Five Buckets of Death in the um, yeah. Notes. If you haven't seen this, watch this. If and, and then and then send it to someone you care about, someone you love. It's great. It's powerful. It's uh, what's crazy is this came out. Uh, this when did this come out? I say January of twenty twenty. Yeah, pre vaccine. Well, now it has a COVID nineteen warning on the YouTube video. So no shit. <laughs> ah. I meant to tell you, and I wanted to be, I want to be careful with this. I'll share it with you, but I don't want to, I don't want to, I I'm, I'm, want to be sensitive to everyone involved, but uh, some friends are passing information around relating to uh, Dr. Seafried's research. Yeah. And Google put a big fat red, this might be dangerous thing on it. Oh wow! Wow! Yeah, yeah. So wow. I got Google. I got Google's bots probably reading my emails. I'll send I might, it to you. Couldn't have been more innocuous. Yeah, please. Wow. And make sure you redact the the names. 
Hey, um, all of a sudden, I can't write. Um, you know, I had my Instagram account pulled down for the second time in the last month and third time in my life. And uh, now they won't even let, I can post, but I can't, they won't let me write anything. They have me on like a, some sort of timeout. I can't like make comments or I can just post pictures. I'm just a picture guy now. I can't write anything. I can't be like, hey, this is me and Greg in Scottsdale. But you could write it in lipstick on a mirror. I could and take a picture of it. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I like that. That's got some tapping on the prison wall kind of qualities to it. Right. Hey, um, uh, let's talk about something fun for a second. Uh, What did you think about? I'm going to play this for you. um, Since we're just ass pounding Harvard, uh, the president of Harvard. Uh, was saying that she doesn't have it. Basically, she's saying she doesn't have an issue with people saying death to Jews on campus. You know, kill the kikes, all that stuff. She's like, hey, you know, freedom of speech. Let you know, right, right on campus. Let let you know, whatever. And and, and I think we could all agree that you couldn't get away with doing that, like uh, kill the blacks, right? They, they'd put a stop to that in a second. I don't know. I don't know what ethnicities. We should make a list of what ethnicities you could get away with saying that. But killing the Jews is totally cool to say on campus. And then they say she resigned, but she didn't resign. You know what she did? She they moved her to the league, uh, to the uh, law school, Greg. You know what I mean? So they didn't. They they just changed the position. But here she is apologizing, and her apology is crazy. Did you see the original testimony by any chance, Greg? No, but I heard of it. It was so bad. It was so bad. Okay, uh, here we go. There was a moment during yesterday's congressional hearing on anti-Semitism when I was asked if a call for the genocide of Jewish people on our campus would violate our policies. Mm. In that moment, I was focused on our university's longstanding policies aligned with the U.S. Constitution, which say that speech alone is not punishable. I was not focused on, but I should have been. The irrefutable fact that a call for genocide of Jewish people is a call for some of the most terrible violence human beings can perpetrate. It's evil, plain and simple. I wanna be clear, a call for genocide of Jewish people is threatening, deeply so. It is intentionally meant to terrify a people who have been subjected to pogroms and hatred for centuries and were the victims of mass genocide in the Holocaust. In my view, it would be harassment or intimidation. For decades under multiple Penn presidents and consistent with most universities, Penn's policies have been guided by the constitution and the law. In today's world, where we are seeing signs of hate proliferating across our campus and our world in a way not seen in years. These policies need to be clarified and evaluated. Penn must initiate a serious and careful look at our policy. Uh, Look at the the one comment there. It's exactly right. Oh, your donors called and suddenly now you have morals and an understanding of right and wrong. Got it. Right. That's yeah. exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Fuck you. <clears throat> hey, g- 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 she was smirking and she was laughing and it, when they asked her that. And she was said something like, hey, we um, we don't take action against those kind of words until they turn to conduct. Meaning we, we need to see some dead Jews basically 
uh, before um, before before we, we say you can't do that. And what's crazy about that is any one of those ladies, there were a shitload of ladies up there. I can't remember, but it was her and the president of Harvard and some other president. And any of them could have been like, hey, man, we totally fucking hate this and we wish they would drag these fuckers off the campus, but we can't. Our hands are tied because it's freedom of speech. And then the other – you know what I mean? They didn't even say that. They, they, they don't give anything of themselves. They're fucking bots. Like it's so obvious she's just protecting her job and she wasn't present to hear the question. Hey, it would have been no different if someone said, hey, death to your kids. And can you articulate by any chance, Greg, that why that's there's a difference between saying that on the streets of New York versus articulating that on a campus like death to a group of people? Like why that why that's not why that's not OK uh, in, in a place where students are going to school to be demanding the death of people. I don't need to put you on the spot. I would I no, no. I would, I would want to my kids to attend a university. I would want to belong to a university that would forcefully remove someone on campus with 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 a bullhorn at a non-scheduled, sanctioned event. You would say that one more time. I would have them forcefully removed by cops. Yeah, yeah. If they're saying death to anybody. No, just speaking with a bullhorn. Tell me about how oh, yeah. how beautiful the oceans are. Yeah. Save the turtles. Any any disruptive behavior. And you've got and you've got free speech. Write anything you want. Print it. Put it on a poll. But I think that, you know, my old man used to say that you've got these concentric circles of behaviors you don't approve of. And you could have at the at the core school shootings, and then go out to uh, uh, physical assault, um, you know, fist fighting, and then uh, uh, out far enough, you get into mores and manners, and you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. And his line was that you're gonna that wherever you draw the line, that's where you'll you'll have the battle. And so if you want to be dealing with dress codes and, and hair length, you will. If the only thing you can do to get in trouble is bring a rifle to school, that's what's going to happen. Mm. And it's, it's played out that way. I, have, I would have no problem my kids attending a school that ha- fundamentally has the de facto kind of trouble. Sorry, go ahead. A dress, de facto what? Dress code. Like Hillsdale. Caller, hi. Hello? Caller? Hello? Caller? Hello? Caller? God damn it. How dare you interrupt. Javier Acosta, to evade the First Amendment, your speech must have an imminent lawless action component. General threats are not a violation of the amendment. Under the imminent lawless action test, speech is not protected by the First Amendment if the speaker intends to incite a violation of law that is both imminent and likely. Speech is not pro- – oh. The thing is I don't know if those – I don't think that those rules necessarily – I don't think those rules apply everywhere, obviously. Like you can't you can't uh, write on Instagram like uh, – 
you can't even call someone fat on Instagram. You get dinged. Can't do any even name calling. Even even if it's an objective, like you couldn't be like, "Hey, uh, Sevon, you're fat compared to uh, Caleb." You fucking slap you around for that. That's that's a social response, not a not a government one. We're talking about a right. government one. And well, I are we at Penn? We're not talking about. I mean, it, that's what I mean at Penn. Like they have, the, you're paying money to go there. You, you want your institution to. Do protect I have yourself. a Do I have a First Amendment right to stand up in the middle of my uh, 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 remedial algebra class at the uh, university and start ranting political bullshit? No. How about outside the room? No. How about out in the quad with a bullhorn? Nope. Okay, well, why does it even matter about the Jews or death part? Is it made right. better? Is it right. is it more protected if it was instead of lunacy that it was something morally depraved? You still don't have the right. Right. That's and that's and that's not for all of society. That doesn't mean you can't paint your house yellow. If you live in an HOA, it might. Uh, Troy. Yeah. Go ahead. We, we don't. You don't get into a classroom and and then, in the course of ninety minutes, exercise all of your rights. You're not going to have the right to <laughs> assemble. You're not right. going to freedom of speech. It's not like it's shut the fuck up and learn something. It's that kind of place, or it doesn't exist. Hey, the, um, I went. I went on to the um, uh, universe. I, I don't know if this story is true, but this is how I remember it. Greg will tell me if it's not true. We went to UC San Francisco, and Greg went there to speak uh, in, in, to, to their president and in front of um, a large group of people. Basically, USF. To let, USF. What did I say? University of San Francisco, or you said UC San Francisco? Okay, we University. went there too, but. USF. And basically we were go we, we, he was going there to talk about how, hey how you basically you guys don't want coke machines on your campus. You guys don't want to be serving just pumping sugar straight uh, take money from coke to cuz coke would pay the camp the the campus money to have their vending machines there coke or pepsi or whoever. And like he's like hey you probably don't want to do that. That's not good for your campus, it's not good for the kids health. And we know that probably the leading cause of death from marginalized people is the overconsumption of sugar. So you already know that. So he's there to do that and support that. And what happens? This marginalized group of students comes and interrupts the meeting. For I forget what their bullshit agenda was, but like they wanted like paper plates that were black and not white because the white paper plates were offensive. And yet they were interrupting Greg, who was there to speak on something that would have been the greatest value to their marginalized people. It was absolutely fucking insane. And they came with bullhorns and 300 kids and they were absolutely rude to the Dean and the president and everyone there. They had no dignity about, about them. Do you remember that? I do. I remember him being shouted down. Yeah. I, I say bring in the water cannons and spray those kids down. I really do. Just wash them out into the street like trash. 
CrossFit podcast number 17 at the 9 minute 45 second mark. Greg called it way before the 49ers. Oh. I'll have to go back and look at that. Wow, wait, that wasn't God, that was Man. What's he talking about? You were on the CrossFit podcast twice and you must have said something on there about the imminent injections that were coming. Like basically, you probably didn't know, but you were probably prophesizing something way before the injection. This was probably in 2017 or 18. He's saying at the nine minute and 45 second mark. Look at you. What? Okay. Let's see. As I said, well, then keep your head below the parapet. Be careful. Don't get in his position because uh, what they're going, and you know, what they've been put through was designed to make these other doctors afraid. Do we have a FET gear in Oaks in the United States? Someone who's been through that? No, but you know, they're gearing up for it. Oh, those that process. There you go. That the silencing of uh, of uh, physicians um, and trainers is is being baked into the Affordable Care Act. Um, it's the goal of Coca Cola. They're leading the initiative, and it's it exercises medicine is all about that. Damn, what year is this? Twenty seventeen. Jeez. Well, let me. It's like a broken record. We're like a broken record. We're just remaking the old shit. (laughs) (laughs) Someone kick Greg. He's skipping. (laughs) You sit at this long enough and there's nothing new. Right. You know, here we go again. Right. Hey, um, a couple of things. One is I feel obliged to let everyone know I'm, I'm much happier doing what I'm doing than doing what I was doing. The that hurts. That hurts. The day in, day out uh, uh, minutia of running this enterprise grew on me, and I was mentioned that earlier. The way, you know, look, we went we went from one HR gal to twenty two, and each time I was told we have to have them. We want to be in compliance. You don't want to, you don't want to not have an HR team and an employee handbook and all this shit. But all of that grew. And in such an incremental fashion, even though it was it was uh, it was uh, uh, long term, it was crazy growth over over a decade, and it was exposing me to more and more things that weren't that fun to do. And so you wake up every morning, okay, what happened last night? You know, because it was daytime somewhere, and there's there's gonna be. This, there was just a, a lot of shit that came up that wasn't that wasn't fun to deal with, and where I'm at now um, is I've taken I've just gone upstream of the problem, and the limitations in academic fitness or the limitations in academic medicine are the failures of uh, academic science across the board, and I'm going to exempt the natural sciences. For the most part, chemistry, physics, biology, math, you know. Um, And I'm I'm happy. I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. But but none of of these problems are new. Trevor, taking away speech you don't agree with, you take away speech you do agree with. Dude, I couldn't agree with you more. Here's the thing. I saw a video the other day. 
where a guy walked into a CrossFit gym with a camera and was playing a prank on the CrossFit gym. And it was a busy CrossFit class, and there were people of all ages there, kids to adults. And he had this camera on his head, and he's like, I'm in here to get jacked and get pussy. I'm here. And he kept doing that. I'm here to get jacked and get pussy. And finally, the owner's like, hey, dude, you got to go outside. You can't be in here doing that. Now, th this is what I'm thinking. That owner needs to create have a space where people can work out. That's his business. And when you interfere with his business, you're interfering with the fact that you're, he's able to put food on the table. And when you're interfering with the fact that he's able to put food on his table, you're interfering with the fact of him to stay alive. That's how, exactly where I go. You're fucking with his livelihood where he puts food on the table to feed his kids. That's it. Immediately, that's where I go. Everything for me is about putting food on the table to feed my kids. And so the second you do that, you can't be in there screaming, I'm here to get Jack and pussy. He bought that space under the same laws that protect your freedom of speech. He bought that space. He got the business license. He has the parking lot up to code. And so if you want to do that, go outside. If not, you should have the shit beat out of you after one or two warnings. I mean, the living shit kicked out of you for interfering with that guy's ability. And that's what I'm saying. You pay money to $50,000 a year to send your kids somewhere to learn, and someone else thinks that that's a place to say death to your kids? Fuck you. This I am a always, for freedom of speech. You can write death to Jews. It's called fucking Reddit. Go to where all the scumbags are. And we live in an age where everyone has social media almost as a birthright. And yeah. yet the, the issues of free speech are you wanting to say shit on my side. Why don't you go to your Facebook page and fucking say that shit? I can, Lynn Pitts. Um, uh, I don't have the. Well, sorry, one more thing. I don't have a problem with them yelling the shit on the streets. It, it, it's it's not the streets. Go on the streets. Go on the streets. Correct. Yeah, that's what it's Correct. for. That you you where you pay taxes. Do it. Our in green. house, our in house standard was collegiality. Lynn Pitt said she ran the forums, the message board, and the comments with about the same standard or requirement that she'd insist on if you were sitting on the couch in my home. That was how she expressed it. And so you could be a rude motherfucker and get banned for rudeness, much less death to Jews. Right. Uh, Trevor Ottman, to be clear, I'm 100% against the hate speech. I, I'm not against hate speech because I don't even know what hate speech is. And, and 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 here's the thing, and I don't trust other people saying what what um uh what hate speech is or isn't, right? Because basically, that's what if if you say taking the injection is bad, some people would say that's hate speech. So I'm not against hate speech either. Hate H. I'm turning into an Englishman. H H speech. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, Sevi, you're conflating two different things. Okay, please unfuck me. The CF owner can dictate who and who cannot be on your property. The college permit demonstration demonstrations on their cam campus. Uh, I'm not conflating. Maybe I'm just not aware of the rules on a college campus, but then they need to change those rules. Fine. If you want to do a demonstration on the campus, uh, fine. Maybe those are the rules. Then maybe my kids won't go to college. I'm not conflating. Maybe I just don't know the rules of what – I didn't know you could do that march around on a college campus and say death to Jews. Now I know I won't send my kid to that one. But I'm not conflating. I'm just dumb. Ignigent. How can we keep up with it? It At Harvard, blacks were cool and Asians were a problem. Yeah. By oh. policy. 
This was a fucking incredible line I heard you say the other day that I wrote down. Where is this? Uh, um, it's crazy. I really don't want to believe in evil, but I think maybe you defined it for me the other day. It's uncivilized. It's an uncivilized force that takes rights away from the individual and gives them to groups. And now I see that happening everywhere. Like the Boston mayor just threw a Christmas party that's for everyone but whites. <laughs> and I'm like, that's exactly what it is. Republicans in general want to give rights to individuals and Democrats in general want to give rights to groups which marginalizes other groups at their, at their essence. That's their whole premise is to marginalize people. It's nuts. My father, my father claimed that Hitler's plan was affirmative action plan. He just gave exemptions to everyone from the ovens, except the Jews. Yeah. 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 That's fair. I think it's solid. Yeah. Oh, here's an interesting take. Uh, God gives, uh, but Greg doesn't believe in God, but God gives a uh, free will. Evil takes it away. I tell you what I do believe in. I believe in free will. And you I've, do? I've, yeah, and I've not heard an explanation of it that, that worked for me. An explanation so that when, against, 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 against free will? For it. For oh. it. And so when uh, when Matt Briggs says, "Ah, my lad, there's the, it's the kiss of God," I like that. On behalf of Mayor Michelle Wu, I cordially invite you and guests to the. Oh, I wait. Let me see what that says. She accidentally she admits that she accidentally sent it to the whites. <laughs> Let me see where her apology, Caleb. Go back a little bit. Let's Let me right see her, her apology is going to be better. Uh, go back a little more. Oh, let me see. Turns out they were mistakenly made aware of a holiday party that was only meant to be for elected, elected colors. Wow. That's like, hey, dude, this is a true story. It's kind of sad. This, this, this guy that Greg and I knew, this is a fucking crazy story. He was invited to a birthday party on accident. Oh, he was invited to his ex-girlfriend's birthday party on accident. Just some had, girl he'd hooked up with once. And she was looking for and his name was uh, Chris. And she thought she was calling <clears throat> Chris her girlfriend. But she got Chris her one-time hookup. Oh, no. And and yeah. And like embarrassingly, just like invited him to the to the birthday party. So he said, "Fuck, I'm coming." <laughs> well, she also had there a a. He had to fly two states over to go to it. By the way, he had to like go out of his way yeah, to get there. go from San Diego to uh, I think it yeah. was Boulder, Colorado. A brilliant and, guy, uh, a physician. A brilliant physician. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I I owe him quite a bit. But uh, you can tell the story what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So Chris shows up at the party and they took it from her house to a, a public bar and restaurant. And she was she had invited um, someone she knew who was a hopeful current love interest was working his way in towards her. And and uh, this fella and Chris got into an argument 
And uh, uh, the people at the table told them they had to take it outside. And Chris says, great, let's go outside. So they went outside and right as they went outside, they heard gunshots and Chris staggered back into the restaurant, clutching his chest. And the guy followed him behind him, shooting him still. And then shot him, like emptied the gun into him there in the restaurant. And a cross-fitting Marine chef stopped him and tackled him, beat him up pretty good. But uh, he's since been convicted of that murder. Oh, my God. It was a a friend of ours. Hey, dude, this guy didn't have, like, anything masculine about him. He was the gentlest soul fucking ever. I can't believe that. If all the people in the world who could ever get shot, I can't believe it's this guy. Like, he was a non-threatening man. He was non... I mean... It was, it's crazy. He went to, he went to New Zealand on his own dime and set up with the Maori on some CrossFit introductions and was delivering the goods on a diabetes prevention program that was brilliant. And they yeah, were Chris loving him. Uh, Kyle Landis, so I shouldn't go to my ex's birthday party. No. Absolutely not. Yeah, Chris. So Chris got invited to his ex, some chicks he banged once, birthday party, went there, and the fucking new cock blasted him and killed him. Yep. Crazy. We met this dude at a Starbucks, and Greg immediately bonded with him, and they became friends. And he went to all the same watering holes as us, same breakfast place, same dinner he, place. He was always he turned reading. me on, he cool on meeting dogs. him. He turned me on to uh, Dr. Right. Uh, it's no joke, the fat Dr. Switch Dick, guy. Dr. Dick Johnson at the University of Colorado, uh, the nephrologist. What were Dick Johnson's uh, parents thinking when they named him? I mean, did they really uh, not know? I'm sure Dad was Richard, and so was Grandpa. You just—that's you, a curse you just pass on. Fuck that. Yeah. Well, unless they're like, "Hey, dude, it worked out for us." Yeah, I, I could. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go down there. Um, but uh, Johnson was able to show that it was the uh, metabolization of fructose that creates uric acid and produces not just gout but uh, uh, type two diabetes. In a in a very very important bit of research, and he turned me on to that that day there. At Starbucks when we met him? Yep. So I went went back and looked up the study, read it, and saw in there that one of the things that acted the way fructose did in its metabolization, its metabolizing, that also produced uric acid in this cascade that produced unregulated uh, production of AMP, um, that brewer's yeast did the same thing. And I've never had a beer since. Trippy story, huh? Chris King. Dude, I can't. That was one of the craziest things. I did not fucking believe you. I remember that like it was yesterday. The day before you and I drank our last Coors Light together. And all of a sudden, you're like, I'm never having a beer ever again. And I've never seen you with a beer ever again because you ran into some dude at Starbucks. That's that's, that's a true story, by the way. I lived with Greg I at the time. It was, it was I done. Wasn't, I wasn't drinking for the taste of that shit, and I wasn't drinking for the uh, heart disease. 
For the what? And so the heart disease. Oh, oh. You didn't want like the taste or the heart disease, of Coors Light. Yeah, it was right. You don't like tasting piss every time you drink a Coors Light? Dude, I I cannot I cannot tell you guys how crazy of a shift that was from our previous lifestyle in one fucking second. It was done. No one even believed it. Like if you went to Greg's, you were having Coors Lights. And then it was gone. Never again. I think I've heard that story two or three times and I'm still surprised by it. That's the first time I've ever heard Greg tell it. You should hear Maggie's version of it. She's like, yeah, shortly after I met you, you quit drinking beer. And I go, are you sure it wasn't before? She goes, no, I used to snap out bottle caps at me. Oh, that's right. You were a good bottle cap snapper. That's right. right. I remember we'd snap fucking caps all over the place. Very abusive. Very abusive. Dude, I, I can't even imagine flicking a bottle cap at Maggie. I think she'd come after me with a steak knife. You do have your hands full. She is quite the, uh, she's a um, glorious physical specimen. Yeah, she's a, she's a, she's a, a warrior. Oh, those genetics got passed on to your kids too. They're freaks. Uh, Sean Sullivan, that is the problem. A lot of people don't believe in evil, but at the same time believe everyone is good. As a Christian, I know my nature is sin, so I must, through the power of the Holy Spirit, be renewed. There are behaviors that are that are so repugnant that they're damn near universally found to revile, known to be known to be pathological, wrong, unethical, evil, whatever. And the problem we have in labeling it and coming to terms with it is that the behaviors themselves are 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 not uh, rational. And so, you know, there's another school shooting and the fucking lady on TV says we, as of yet, don't know the motive. And it's just not thinking clearly to, to, to go there with every crime. Uh, some behaviors are entirely irrational, uh, deleterious, damaging, hurtful, murderous. And they don't, they don't need explaining and you don't want to, it doesn't make sense to talk about the rationality of it. And for instance, the raping and the murder of the concert goers. Right. I have, I have, I have no interest in hearing of the grievance of those that did that. That's now, it doesn't matter anymore. Right. Your cause my cause is to kill you now. That's my cause. And I don't need to hear your cause on the way to finding you and killing you. And I, I'm not, I just don't have a lot of patience for, for, for understanding pedophiles. Mm. And I always said that at the point that you go, oh, now I get it. Well, you just became one. Mm. It's a sign of your mental health that you can't, the shit's inscrutable. Mm. Hey, this is, I know we're at the end of the show, but you think you could be cured from that? Or do you think it's like, like saying, do you think you could be cured from sleeping with your wife, Maggie? Dude, I'm the, like guy, that? 
You think you could be cured of being a straight male? Like, is it like that when you say, hey, can you cure a pedophile? I wouldn't think so. I don't know. Moving that moving that needle seems like a fucking weird thing to do. Point that thing at something else. Like, if it's whatever it's pointed at, it seems like if it's pointed at kids, you're just fucked. Like, I remember when uh, a, there was a cross, an owner of a CrossFit gym who was a pedophile, and he killed himself. And I kind of thought he was a hero. I know that sounds really horrible. The one on the dock. That I, can't, I can't remember. He was a firefighter, supposedly yep, a really yep, good yep, dude. Yep, yep, yep. But I was kind of like, yeah, like, what do you, like. Yep. I mean, I don't want anyone to kill themselves. Don't get me wrong, but you can't do that. You can't do shit. Like, so, like if, what if you think if your needle's pointed that way, you could fix it, make it the go membership, away? The membership contacted us mm-hmm. and told us they were as shocked as everyone else had never had any suspicion of anything like this and what he was doing was abhorrent and evil but they all loved each other and enjoyed their gym right and they'd like to continue without him and so we uh we let some of the members come and be licensee of record come take the l1 and uh, i think we loaned him some money to take this shit because the family had locked up the gym but I think we loaned them or gave them money to open up down the street. So yeah, change the name. Did they, yeah, re- hit a refresh on everything. I remember that. Hey, same yeah. thing. You did that for a gym in Hawaii too. Uh, the owner killed themselves, and you and you gave them a refresh. I think yep. that gym may have even bought all helped buy all the equipment or something. We had a lot of latitude to do a lot of good things for a lot of good people, and did so. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, inflation wouldn't have slowed me down. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, next Tuesday, Greg Glassman will be on again. Or no, sorry, next Wednesday. And we will ask him the hard-hitting questions. Will he be voting for Trump? Greg, thanks for coming on, dude. Always yeah, good to see you. I, I can tell you that right now. No, 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 no. That's no, 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 no. They got to come back. They can't. They can't. They can't get. This is too much. They got too much in the show already. I'm See here you to next week. My, I'm here to Caleb, thank you. Thanks, Greg. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, Greg. Say hey, what's up to Maggie? I will, buddy. Later, buddy. Love you. Bye. Greg Glassman. Epic show. Not one standy. One not didn't even bring up the standy. Damn. But but Caleb's jacket continues to be uh, a source of great content. <laughs> Caleb taking one for the team. Like a good dude. Next week, Caleb will visit Patagonia's uh, 50% off rack and add even more content to the show. <laughs> we, we have an REI just down the road. So I think uh, maybe I'll stop by REI during their 12 days the, of Christmas sale. And then the 75% uh, off rack. Yeah. We got a couple of Goodwills too. Maybe I'll stop by there. That's cheating. I, I need it to be like high <laughs> okay. end. I need it to be really expensive <laughs> stuff. Like this was $800. I got it for 37 bucks. Okay. All right. I can do that. I'll find something. Holy hell, that was an insane end to the show. I was reading that article, like the one that they wrote about the uh, the shooting. That's we, we, which shooting? The one with the the um, the lover that came to the birthday party on accident. Oh, crazy, right? Yeah. Hey, dude, I think he, I think Greg, I think the guy got shot through the door. I think he shot him, and the guy went through the glass. That's, That's the way I heard the story. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, the, and then he could have lived, but the guy shot him again, like while mm-hmm. he was on the ground or some shit. Yeah, it was yep. crazy. And then the 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 chef in the back came out, 
like took the guy down, beat the shit out of him, and then took the butt of his gun and slapped him across the oh, face. Oh, he did? Yeah, there's a picture of it, of his face afterwards. It's pretty cool. Hey, um, uh, so I was at Starbucks in, oh, wow. Oh, he kind of looks like Chris, too. That's what kind of what Chris looked like. That's crazy. Uh, well, he knows that chick has a taste, then. <laughs> hey, so that guy, he was at a Starbucks reading a book that was like, it's a some famous medical book. Not, I don't think it was the DSM, but it was some thick-ass book that every every medical person knows. And Greg just walks right up to him and sits down, and they talk for an hour. Whoa. It was crazy. And I was just sitting there being like, fuck, let's go. <laughs> Greg had probably just bought me a new motorcycle. It's probably parked out front, and I wanted to get on it and ride it. And and then he's like, hey, dude. I'm, he just looked at me. He goes, hey, dude, I'm never having a beer ever again. I'm like, yeah, right. Let's go get a 12-pack. Never again. Wow. Yeah, that was crazy. Chris? That was that guy? That was that dude. That was that dude. And then that wow. dude was around all the time. That dude started like being invited to Greg's house for parties and hanging out. We were always hanging with that dude. I think that dude may have even got a job with CrossFit. What you looking wow. at? What you looking at? Um, so, uh, and, then he, and then he got blasted. Yeah. What a traumatic way to die, dude. Yeah, just got accidentally invited to a birthday but wrong birthday party man that's fucked how many times do you think you've been to starbucks every time i get in my car i make three stops <laughs> every 15 minutes in my car i stop at a starbucks to take a piss you're talking about hey the first time i was probably 34 years old 35 years old and i drove from san diego to prescott with greg and I had to stop and pee like five times. And he was probably like, what the fuck, dude? I brought you home with me to help with the ride. Not. <laughs> he was dying laughing. When I was a little kid, my dad used to fucking make fun of me. Because I'd be like, dude, you got to stop. I got to get out and pee. Caved Astro. Chris sounds like the type of guy that would buy a membership to the Seven Podcast YouTube channel. So, hey. Listen. 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 Listen, Cave. When when I keep hearing Pedro say that you're buying people all these memberships for his show, what what does that mean exactly? Oh, that's a crazy question. How did you and Greg become such good friends? Boy, that was it's you're not even gonna believe it if I told you. My dad took a holy shit. Holy shit. Wow. 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 That's crazy. That's fucking nuts. I got to call Greg and tell him that. That's crazy. Wow. Before I forget. Hey, I'm still live, but there's something I wanted to t read one of the comments to you. Russell Berger chimed in and he said, my dad took that affiliate over, Sevy. The one Russell Berger's dad stepped in and took over the affiliate where the dude killed himself, the child molester. Crazy, right? Wow. What a small world. Yeah. We got to get Russell on a show with us. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I speak with him fairly regularly. All right. He's one of my favorites. All right, I'll call you later. I just I couldn't believe he commented. Okay. Thanks for sharing. Okay, bye. Wow, that's a trip.
Ah ouais. I was working at CrossFit. This story deserves more time than this. But in, I was working at CrossFit, and I would talk with Lauren a lot. That was his wife at the time. And I basically said, hey, I'm really, really fucking good at being someone's friend. And I think Greg needs a friend, and I'm going to try to be his friend. She goes, yeah, you should. <laughs> and I just fucking put effort in to be his friend. And one day I, I flew out to Prescott to see him and they had separated at the point. So she was living in a house up the street and I went there and I was there for a couple days and I said, and I was staying in his house and I said, Hey dude, I didn't even know him that well, by the way. Like at that point I'd spend less than that was the most I'd ever hung out with him. I'd probably spend like longs before then I'd ever talked to him was 20 or 30 minutes, but I just went and stayed at his house for a couple days. And I said, Hey dude, I'm supposed to go home tomorrow, but, um, and we were just working on CrossFit shit while I was there. And I said, but I'd like to stay for 30 days and film you for 30 days and then make a, a, a little documentary about you. And he said, sure. So I called my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, Haley. And I said, hey, I'm going to stay here for 30 days with Greg. And that was it. You can still find that video on the journal somewhere. It's fucking dope. And uh, that was it. From then on, I was like inseparable from him. And basically me and my wife moved, uh, Haley moved in with them. And I had my first kid at his house and we were just inseparable. But I just made an effort, and I, I am an epic friend. Like, like no shit. If like, if I'm your friend, you're the luckiest fucking person alive. I mean that with peace and love. That's it. All right, um, love you guys, Caleb. You the man. Thanks. God bless you and your jacket. Oh, uh, shut up and scribble. The time on that show may have changed today. I think so. I think they're working on it. Okay. And I think they have a special guest today. Yeah, with all humility. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, with all humility. Thank you. I say with uh, uh, a complete um, – no, Tommy and I have uh, – Tommy Marquez and I have uh, – we've had a hiccup in our relationship. A little speed bump. But me, me and Tonto. I don't hate him or nothing, but we just have a – Oh, Sevi, I explained membership as above. Okay, before I go, let me see. Where the fuck are your... Um... Okay, here we go. Cave Dastro, I pay $4.99. Someone gets a month membership. You get the money from that membership, and that person gets whatever membership benefits there are for the month. Start selling my friendship for $4.99. Yeah, the Russells were completely, complete savages. It focused savagery. Like, holy shit. What a phenomenon they were. What a, hey, what's crazy is when you had two people like that, it was, it was almost a little out of control. Even people who worked there were scared of them. Not scared in the sense that there was eminent threat, but just like, imagine like if a guy's juggling knives on stage, you have a little bit of anxiety, right? Like if mm -hmm. he drops a knife in it, but now imagine he's juggling knives over you. That's kind of more what it was like working at HQ with them. Like you never knew. You think maybe accidentally they drop one on you? Dropped. Yeah. Just drop one on you. Fucking rattled. Like they post something in the morning. The whole ship gets rattled. Mm. They fire such big torpedoes off this fucking side of the ship that the whole ship rocks. You know what I mean? You can't tell if you've been hit or we fucking nuke someone. 
Uh, Heidi Kroom, I'm Sevon. I'm going to come live in your backyard for 30 days. I, my, I, I, I don't, I don't want to open, um, open a door for that, but my, I'm sure my, we would be fine with that. We're such dirt twirlers. I'll come do it when I pick up that motorcycle. You should. That'd be cool. Oh, um, my, my neighbors. So I live on one more thing. I live on this private road. I need a lawyer. I live on this private road. Supposedly, I didn't even know it's a private road. And now, and there's like 15 or 18 or 25 people who live on it, residents on it. And now they're trying to organize it. So we all have to throw in money every month or every year to maintain the road. Sounds like totally HOA. cool with that. I'm totally cool with that. I just don't want it in writing. I don't want it. So my house is part of an HOA. So mm-hmm. Like if they're like, Hey, give us $300 every December 1st. I'll give it like, here you go. Here's my money. Right. But there's also one more tricky thing. There's four homes um, on one side of the bridge and then like 20 homes on the other side of a bridge. I'm on the side that I don't need the bridge. And so there's talk about rebuilding that bridge, and it's not even a bridge. You know what they've done, Caleb? Hmm. They've pushed. The, they've made a big pile of dirt, and then put like a, a it, um, and then put a a, a a culvert under it, a big concrete, you know, ten foot pipe, right, yeah. so that the stream can go under the road. And so that thing's just gonna fucking like wash away someday, right? Right. And they want to build like a legit bridge there, and I think it's gonna be like a hundred grand. Like I'm like I, like I'm trying to figure out like am I morally responsible for that? I don't live up that part of the road. And here's the other thing too: technically, the front of my house is not even on that road; it's on the other road because I'm a corner. I'm a corner house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not an right. HOA guy. I ain't doing that. I ain't attaching that shit to my house. Yeah, if you live on that road, then it's your problem. If you're, you think, if- you, think you think I'm morally responsible for paying for the bridge that's up the road for my house that I don't, I never cross? No, no. It sounds like a them problem. Yeah, I don't want to be an asshole. Like or if it's our problem. road, I'll pay for it. But I don't think it's our road. The city doesn't come out and maintain your roads either. Um, the only maintenance I see is every once in a while, someone there'll be some like three big trucks and twenty five Mexicans will get out and be like, "Hey, can we cut your tree down away from the wire?" I'm like, "Please." Hmm. What the fuck? Because that shit grows so fast around me. Cut everything down. Just grows right back. Yeah. I got to do that around the house too. We have a bunch of volunteer trees that just sprout up all over the place. I don't live like in normal California, guys. I'm, 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 my sister laughs at me when I say this because she doesn't think it's true, but I, I'm in the country. I'm, I'm country folk. I don't have like, like parking spaces and shit. <laughs> you just have a big lot you just drive into. Sevy, remember that time you put your address up on the show? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, 25 Mexicans for one tree, that's a lot of Mexicans. Yeah, I'm just I'm just part of the PSYOP, just trying to colonize the indigenous people. There's a lot of trees. Anyway, let me read with uh they said um so so they they called me and they're like, hey, everyone has uh responded to the email that went out to everyone in the neighborhood except for you and your wife. So they said they called me yesterday and told me that, they, but I didn't answer. <laughs> so I asked my neighbor, I'm like, Hey, what, what do I need to do? Cause I like, I don't want to do anything. And my neighbor said, um, oh, okay. He met my neighbors like, Hey, just chill. Don't worry about it. It'll all work out. All right. Oh, good. I like that. Uh, Easy. You are so relaxed. I love it. Thank you. 
right. God, I love my neighbor. One time in a in a rainstorm, my my house was my roof was leaking. I called my neighbor, I'm like, "Hey, my roof's leaking." He's like, "Want me to come over?" I'm like, "Yeah," and he just climbed up on my roof and patched it. No way. Yeah, just like right there in the rainstorm. I mean, That's he awesome. used like a, a piece of wood and a two by four and like you know some shit like that. <laughs> just hastily fixed it. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, look at. It. Yeah, I'll have Cam on, whoever. I'll have anyone on. I'll have your mom on, whoever. Who's Cam? Send me a DM. Listen, guys, I told you guys that um, I don't have a lot of DMs right now, and all of a sudden you guys think, like, I'm, I'm begging for DMs. No, I don't want DMs. Don't be like, hey, Sevy, how are you? Feel bad you didn't have any DMs. Fuck you. I don't want to hear from you. <laughs> don't send me shit. Last night I had time for a standy. Come on. God, he's stupid. God, Jake, you're stupid. Listen, everyone, if you want to get dumber, listen. If not, turn the show off. Here we go. I'm going to read Jake's most recent post. Golfers have two roofs in case they get a hole in one. Here, Jake, I got another one for you. Add it. I have a whole crew of dumb jokes, too. Um, what did the uh, What did the Dalai Lama say to the hot dog vendor? What? Make me one with everything. <laughs> Thank you. Me, me and Jake are taking our shit onto the road. <laughs> oh my God. You think this is true? Yeah. Holy crap. There's no fucking way. Yeah. You can do that with your like ring doorbell. My sense. neighbors have a security camera on the front of their house and when I get out, and when I get out of the car it says hi you are being recorded every time. Fuck that. You hear like a, an AI voice say that? I think you can like record it yourself like on your phone. You just say hi you're being recorded. No. Like anyone cares these days. Everybody's being recorded all the time. My wife hears me whisper every night into her ear, shh, hold still, hold still. Don't move, don't move. Everything's going to, it's going to be over in just a minute. It's gonna be over. Literally a minute. I promise. <laughs> You're not being recorded. And it's going to be over in just a minute. Listen, I I didn't I didn't eat yesterday. That's the first time I fasted while on the uh, carnivore. I heard that the 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 results will be dramatic. Hey, do you, I feel like every time I talk about my diet, I'm gonna summon uh, SpongeBob, like it's like rubbing a lamp. <laughs> the beat big big pimp's gonna I got, show up. I got so many DMs about that yesterday. Not our boy. Yeah. What? Who is that? I don't remember who that is. Do we, does... His name pops up on the phone, but I just like SpongeBob. Oh, that's better. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just stick with SpongeBob then. I mean, you, you call him that because you remembered his physical dimensions, right? Five one, five seventy five. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Probably Huge also because he huge penis. He's soft. That's that's also why. 
You think he's soft? I don't know. I get the feeling he's like a fucking uh, uh, silverback. Nah, he's soft. You do? You think so? How can you can't be soft from? uh, You're gonna make him call. How can you be soft if you only eat steaks? I don't think you can. I just have a feeling. Dude, Mason, you will never see me with my shirt off in a million years. I lack any. I like any of the self confidence or humility or. Um, like you know those couples that take pictures and like the wife or the husband's always hiding behind the other one that's me I totally yeah, recognize se- that behavior after seeing Mason with his shirt off you'll never see me with my shirt off that's for yeah, sure never. sorry I got issues unless unless it would, it would, I don't know what's up dude a uh, five one, five hundred pound deadlift 1100 testosterone 430 miles I don't think the 430 miles is an exaggeration Hell no. Don't forget a huge dong. That's yeah, of course. Don't forget that part. No, you it, but you guys won't see it. I'll be at the beach with my shirt. Other people will see me with my shirt off. None of you guys, none of my friends. Basically, I go to the beach and if I see 90% of the people are fatter than me, I take my shirt off. I'm very very influ- I'm influenced. <laughs> Uh, Matt Burns, soft titty said, no, I actually have a beautiful, beautiful, massive chest, not soft at all. And I can just do 50 pushups and make that thing hard as a rock. I don't have any, like, I don't have titties like that. I'm just, I'm shaped like, um, God, there's this female athlete that you guys all love. My body shaped exactly like hers. It's weird. I was looking at pictures. You know what I'm talking about? I was telling, talking about her this morning, Caleb, my body shaped just like hers. Really? Yeah. Everyone loves her body. My 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 butt's not like hers, but my the shape of my torso is identical to hers. Oh yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, but every, but, every, every, but every dude in the world wants to get with her. So maybe that's why I don't want to take my shirt off. You guys all yeah. be like DMing me. I am gay. You got a ways to go to get the backside, but yeah, it's the never <laughs> implants. Uh. Sevi, you never pop the top at the affiliate. Oh. <laughs> You're out of your fucking mind. I check the closet. I check my closet every night before I go to bed before I take my shirt off. Make sure no one's in there. <laughs> no, my body's nothing like Kelly Baker's. No. Very, very popular athlete. Very, very popular. 10x what uh, uh, she is. Right. Well, so the takeaway here is, is that's what Greg did. So if anyone offers you, hey, what did Greg do that? Um, uh, I think that's the strongest thing I've heard. What did Greg do that that's just never going to be done before? What's changed culturally? Is that basically Greg corrected the public record on health? That's what he did. That was that that sums up better than and that's like I mean that's what he did. It's probably the simplest way to put it. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, I, I took my shirt off to encourage somebody to take his off when we worked out together. Oh, thanks. Dipshit. <laughs> yeah, I saw you off. I was like, oh, he's, oh, he's so free. I'll be free with him. Wow. Right. You took your shirt off, and I was like, fuck, I suck. The dude is absolutely shredded. Called my wife and I was like, hey, turn on my fucking Apple tracker. I might drive my car off a cliff on the way home. She's like, why? I'm like, I saw Pool Boy with his shirt off. 
Turn on my Apple tracker. Fucking A. Oh, shit. That's funny. What? Uh, what? Am I eating meat soon? I'll eat it cold. Frozen? All right. I don't wear a shirt in the pool. Those days are over. I stopped doing that in the eighth grade. That's just worse. That just makes it worse. Stick to your body. Yeah. Yeah. Pool boy's definitely jacked to the uh, juice to the gills. Yes. Where is he? Uh, uh, yes. Juice to the gills. Yeah. Makes Andrew look like a fucking sissy. He's on a healthy, healthy dose of testosterone. Oh, here we go. I knew it. Damn it. I knew it. Hey, good morning. Hey, do I owe Caleb an apology from yesterday? No. What for? Not at all. Well, I I was just telling him, you know, he should eat more meat. Yeah, he's being a pussy. Why, what you know? I'm apology. You're you're the you're the doc. You're the doctor with the hard hard truth. It's it's fine. Huh? Okay, okay. Hey, How do you, you doing? Do you think I'm gullible to think that there's a man out there who's five one with an eleven hundred testosterone and a five hundred pound deadlift and weighs one hundred and seventy five pounds? You think that's gullible? I don't know. Do you want to meet sometime? Uh, are your longs like? Are your longs? Are your arms like weird long? Yeah. Yeah, I've been told that. So, so when you stand yeah. up in the deadlift position, the bar only comes two inches off the ground. Yeah, Savan, I'm not moving. Like, if I move, if I'm pulling the bar four inches, it's that's probably a stretch. I mean, deadlifts are not like I'm not. So it's like Mikey Swoosh back squatting four hundred pounds. It's like the range of motion is like three inches. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. It's nothing. It. Yeah, it's nothing. Like I, the bar barely moves because, you know, you're, yeah, right on, longer. you're right on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, right. so, but you look weird short. Like I don't look weird short. I'm five, five. But like, if you saw me like from far away, you, you couldn't tell that I was short, but you look short. You're like, Whoa, what the fuck's going on with that dude? You got some weird dimensions. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. All right. I mean, big torso, proportional legs. Yeah, you you uh, yesterday's call was really valuable to me. That's why I can't have you apologize to Caleb because yesterday uh, I fasted yesterday. I needed you. You motivated me. Like I know that I'll get if I start really buckling down now. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I could like like yesterday like yesterday when I went to the beach, I wore a uh, sleeveless shirt. Even that's huge for me. Like I had my shoulders and my guns out, right? Like this. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do you feel more confident too? I do. I do. I mean, the diet helps a lot with depression, but, you know, you can YouTube all that stuff. You should really. I've never experienced depression, though. I've never, I'm never not happy. Even when I'm angry, I'm happy. I'm so lucky. You're going to, well, then you'll be happier. Yeah. I'm calm. I think a better way to say it, I'm calmer. Okay. I'm less reactionary. That works. That works. Yeah. It's wise man talk. I'm a wise man. I'm not like, you know what I mean? I've, I've transcended some of the traditional elements that people use to categorize themselves. Well, you're 50 wise. Yeah. So you're 60 wise, yeah. There's a difference. I mean, and you're, talk to your dad. He'll tell you some stuff. 
Hey, SpongeBob, I, I just want to let you know that I ate my third of steak yesterday. Only, only for breakfast, on. though. That's all I had. So here's the only reason why I gave you. Caleb's really uh, pushing back on you. This is I'm, I apologize. I appreciate you calling in. I, I think of the podcast is being very uh, a nice place, but he's being very contentious with his. I, I'm refusing to eat more than a third of a steak, but so I appreciate you being patient with him. So Caleb, just yes. Here's one job. Here's it. Huh? Yes. The only reason why it's because I care that I tell you this, but you can't tell me you eat a third of a ribeye, but then you start eating fruit. Like don't eat the fruit, eat the third of the ribeye, put it down. And then when you get hungry again, keep eating the meat and Thank forget you. the fruit. Tell him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fruit, fruit's not good for you. It's contraindicated. You don't need it. It's what? It's, it's, it's what? Contraindicated for the human, for humans. Eat. First of all, the fruit that we evolved on is not the fruit of today. An apple today is not what an apple was thousands of years ago. Couldn't you number say the one, same about? Two. Couldn't you say the same about meat, though? Yeah, you could. But... You muted him, Savon. I, I muted myself on purpose because all the kids talking in the background. Oh well, you muted him too. Oh, oh, really? When I mute myself, it mutes him? I think so. I didn't hear uh, him because he was in the middle of a sentence. Oh, SpongeBob, sorry, I muted you. Sorry. Caleb. Yes. If you get the I like the way you say his name, Caleb. I'm a... Is that not his name? I think it's Caleb. Caleb. But Caleb. Cal- don't change it. Caleb sounds more like in this like Caleb. it gives you more authority, like like we're in the fifteen hundreds. Caleb, saddle up the horses. Yeah, Caleb. And eat your fucking meat. <laughs> Pasture-raised meat is the same as it was a million years ago. Plus, the ruminant animals that have more than one stomach, man, they... What's a ruminant animal? Cow. A ruminant animal are cows, buffaloes, I think bison. multiple stomachs, right? Isn't that what it means? It has more yeah. than one stomach? Yeah, yeah. So you don't want to eat pork. You don't want to eat poultry. I mean, turkey and chicken, they're scared birds. You want to be a scared bird? Mm. It's a nerve. Hey, uh, SpongeBob, hold on a second. I want to read this to you. Are you sitting down? This could hurt. A li- this could sting a little bit. Okay, whatever. Okay, here it comes from Heidi Krum. Here we go. Oh, fuck off, I, SpongeBob. That's not true. Look up 800 gram challenge. 800 grams of fruit or veggies have less cancer and all cause mortality rates. You dummy. Damn. Okay. That's hostile. That's cool. Fuck. Maybe. That's, that's hot. Maybe not. I'd have to look at the study. I'd have to see the science behind the study. Hmm. All right. I mean, well, isn't that, I, I'm, isn't that what Greg talking about? Isn't that what Greg talks about? Oh, you're a hundred percent right. Listen, listen. You and I are doing the right thing. Um, and uh, Heidi Krum and um, and uh, Caleb are just young, and um, and and you know they have more time than we do, so they, it's less uh, serious to them. Yeah, you got to teach me these things. I, I, I appreciate your calls. But but we but we have him a third of the way there. He's a third of a. I'm working a little, on it. On third of the way. Just remember, glucose is demand-driven, not supply-driven. Your body will produce it when it needs it. When Caleb me- um, me- mentioned your name, you were like a genie, right? Like you came out of the lamp when he's like, was started like, 
he kind of invoked you, invoked your spirit, and you just arose out of the this this technology, this phone. That's how and I why, like, why is Heidi? Like, I like Heidi. Why is she going to name calling? Like, wants, she wants, she's ass pounding you, Sponge. Look, look through the. Huh? Look through you the can names. still be friends. My friends ass pound me. Go ahead, Caleb. Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. But I mean, there's no reason to name call. You got to see agree. through the name calling. Name calling is nothing. I mean, trust me, you can't be five two and sixty and not be able to take a joke. Wait a second, five two, five one, five two. <laughs> He's growing by the day. <laughs> <laughs> you were five two when you were seventeen. Problem. Man, my mom shrunk. She was holy, like she lived in '95. Drinking stuff happens. It's crazy. How how tall how tall was she when she passed? Four nine. Mm. Wow. I think I've. But I had no chance. I had no chance. So I went through some of the old records. All my all my ancestors. I was looking at their their old. Their papers from coming over from Italy, and they're all like five feet, five feet, five feet. I'm like, I didn't have a chance in hell to make it past five, five. Right. So, did you do you have kids? I forget. Yeah, one daughter. How tall is she? Like five. Oh, oh, that's good. Five. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yep. Dastro said he will be three foot seven when he dies. <laughs> well, apparently, if you keep eating meat, you'll just grow. So just keep on the meat train. You'll grow an inch every couple days. I can only hope that that ain't going to happen. That oh. isn't going to happen. All right. Well, thank you for calling. I'm, I, I have to go because yeah. I have to use the bathroom. And my whole family's walking around the house now, and it's just. This show, this shows the Why? amateur part of this show is like showing itself now. Not because of yeah. you, by the way, because of me. No, no, I'm an amateur. But hey, I just thought I always hold him an apology, but it's only because I care. No, 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 no. No, Caleb, no, Caleb needs tough love. He's a military man. He needs good, good ass pounding. <laughs> All right, okay. you guys have a good day. Don't get soft. All right. Bye bye. Thanks, dude. Jeez, apologize to you. <laughs> Listen, guys, Caleb's a scapegoat. He's there to be for humor purposes. He shows up every day to be made fun of. What are you talking about? Exactly. Apologize to him. Make him soft. He's next thing you know, he's going to want a Caleb shirt. How come there's not a Caleb shirt in the Vindicate store? <laughs> a Caleb shirt. You don't need that. It's too it much. It's not called the Sevon and Caleb podcast. Yeah. All right. Uh, Love you guys. Uh, Shut Up and Scribble will be coming up next. Um, Let's see who we have on tomorrow on the show. Oh, Matt O'Keefe. Oh, shit. Tomorrow's going to be great. 7 a.m. Matt O'Keefe, president of HWPO. I haven't had Matt on in a while. Always a great guest, uh, gentlemen. Um, Standies are are better than ass poundings. Well said. That's a good piece of wisdom to leave on. Uh, remember, ladies and gentlemen, that is what Greg Glassman did. He was a corrector of the public health record. God, that's so good. All right. See you guys later. Bye-bye.